Scotty and hanging out with the friends. We'll call this Know Your Breeder, but this is just hanging out with my friends, man. Jinx Proof, what is up, brother? What's going down, brother? Good to see you. Oh, man, it's good to see you, man. You've, jeez, uh, man, for the most positive guy I know, you've been through some shit lately, man. How you feeling? <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good, actually. Yeah, you're right. I've, I've been through some uh, medical challenges, but, you know, I, ca I can't let that stop me. I got too much going on. No, and I love, I hang out and I don't do Instagram much, but every now and again, I'll cruise on Instagram. And dude, if I want to feel good, if I want to feel blessed about the day, I will check out your IG, man. It is fucking awesome. No, thanks, brother. Be well, be kind, and be plus, man. Be positive, man. Be All positive, right? yeah. That's right, baby. <laughs> That's right. Good stuff. But be a plus to the community, too, man. I like yep. that. Yeah, dude, I, I catch what you're doing. And I mean, first off, man, you're feeling okay, brother? I mean, you had a heart attack, man. Yeah, I, I had a massive heart attack. They, they call it the Widowmaker. It was uh, only a 12... 12% of people survive it. And in the middle of my heart attack, I had a grand mal seizure. So it was pretty scary stuff. But I mean, I came out fine. I, I went home from the hospital within two days. They told me I'd be there a week, but I, I went home in two days. And uh, yeah, so I mean, I'm certainly not complaining. You know, I mean, there was, you know, there's some down, obviously some downfalls to it. But you know, hey, I'm still alive. You know what I mean? So which the, yes. the sur surgeon informed me I'm, I was lucky to be alive. You know, I had my heart attack at the hospital. He said, had I had it at home or in the ambulance, I probably wouldn't have made it. You know, so Jeez. how long ago was luckily. this, man? It was on 420. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's cruel, man. Now you got something else to think about when everybody else is smoking weed. You got something to really celebrate, brother. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so. And so, yeah, you're back to, I call it working, but you're back to breeding. You're back to doing everything you love. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, uh, I mean, I never really stopped. I just kind of had to slow down and take it easy. You know what I mean? So chill out a little bit. And, you know, I, I tend to get a little overwhelmed with stuff on purpose. You know, I'm one of, one of those guys, if I'm not too busy, then I don't know what to do with myself. So you know, kind of re remodifying the, the life scenario and what's going on and, you know, what's important and what's not. So, you know, that is awesome. That is so cool. And man, we talked nice. about, uh, this is I, when we do these, know your breeders, it's about knowing the person. Uh, it's yep. not necessarily about what you're crossing or what you're working with. Although I do want to ask you about a couple of dang things you've got going on, sure. but, uh, yeah, man. Like I said, you're a positive dude. You're, uh, an advocate for autism, which I think is awesome, man. Um, absolutely i mean you know what i'm gonna give you a chance just to talk about it. you know do me a favor click uh you got a great link autism awareness sir man autism is only silent for those who choose not to listen absolutely Damn, that's, that's that's a hell of a statement there man we do walk around and kind of you, you want to think that everybody kind of sees things through your eyes and uh, i tell you i have epilepsy too and after you have a seizure you say things kind of not even through your own eyes. You're kind of looking through some strange glasses or something. It takes you about a week to get it, your head back, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, and that's where you realize that consciousness is unique, and it is unique to everybody, you know? And Absolutely. Yeah, someone with autism has never felt your consciousness and is just, just doing their thing the way they know how to do it. It's, it's, that's a, it's a cool thought to have, brother. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that, too. Yeah, and I mean... 
you're an ad. I know we were just talking. We're going to hook you up with some of your recharge user shameless plug. I'm going to hook you up with some for an autism uh, 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 raffle or uh, tell, just promote that a little bit, man. Tell me how you're raising money for autism awareness and hopefully the DGC will. Yeah, uh, join we don't, you know, um, a lot of people say that we don't act. I mean, we are raising autism awareness, but we don't actually raise money for autism awareness. You know, you know what I mean? It's, it sounds it sounds like the money when people say it sounds like the money's going to a campaign of advertising. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's really not. What we do is we buy um, we help kids in many different ways, but our main jam is um, we buy iPads and there's a pro a program you can call buy an app. It's called ProLoquo to Go. I, I should Jinxie Junior's at school right now. Otherwise, I'd have his here. Where I could show you. And it's an iPad and it's got all these pictures, and you can also add pictures. Like he could take a picture of me and then write the word dad under it or mom or whatever. And if he pushes those pictures, it'll say that word. He can also push those pictures into a sentence and then push the button and the computer will say it. You know what I mean? Like uh, my wow. son used to never um, ask to eat. He would just go eat, eat. Well, now he'll come up with his iPad and he'll push, I want chicken nuggets. And then the computer will say to me, I want chicken nuggets. And autistic kids tend to mimic so now he actually will come up to me and say, I want chicken nuggets, which if you've never heard your kid talk, it's it's even a wow. little sentence like that is a, it just it's amazing. And it, it 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 lets you know that there's more around the corner, more potential. And, sure. it, and it gives him a voice, you know, even maybe something serious, like somebody hurt me at school today or, you know, who knows what, what he might type on there. So it's, that's our main jam is to to provide the iPads to nonverbal autistic kids. But I mean, we do all kinds of things. I mean, if somebody writes me and needs help with their autistic kid, but it's not an iPad, I'm not going to say no. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, he talks, forget him. But, you know, so, but yeah, I so say that's our main jam, but we do all kinds of stuff like that. It just kind of boils down to the needs of the kids and sometimes the needs of the parents. Like I like to, um, there's a few books that helped me a lot as an autistic parent. So providing those books to those parents, which can be a big deal when you, you know, when you just are so overwhelmed and you feel like you don't know anything and all of a sudden you're thrust into this world of being a special needs parent, you know, so it's, it's, it's you know, it's like that. So yeah, you, your kid's about 16. Is that right? Today. Ah, wow. Happy birthday, brother. <laughs> Happy birthday, Junior. Right on. Yeah, he, yeah today. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's amazing. I can't, I can't believe it. You know what I mean? It's just like, where did it go? I had to, uh, I had to shave him last week. Uh, <laughs> this little. <laughs> right. That's, I'm telling you, man, my kid is 17 now. She can go get pizzas for us. It's, uh, there you go. It's so crazy <laughs> to see him grow up so fast, man. It is. I know. It seems like we just brought him home a couple of years ago, you know, and now he's 16, you know what I mean? So it's pretty funny. <laughs> it is. I'm thinking about it, man. Like how much work I put into my kid as far as raising her and making sure she has understanding of, you know, just of, of what's going on in the world, how not to get worked in the world. And right. I, a lot of it has to do, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, of being a male role model. There's a lot of kids that don't have male role models. And I seen something that you are doing for your neighborhood, for the girls in your neighborhood. And yeah. I know this is a weed show, but God damn, it is really cool. And just so much positivity that I just do me a favor. The Young Ladies Positive Affirmation Club. I just want you to read this text because we talk about voting with your dollars and who you're going to work with. Somebody that does this with their extra time, if I can vote with my dollars so you can have free time to do this, man, 
uh, I'm all for it, man. It says, when we first moved to the neighborhood, I met a lot of kids outside playing with Junior. All girls, mostly single mom families. We rode bikes, played basketball and football. I gave them cooking lessons and more. Pretty much became the neighborhood dad. Some moms even sent them to talk to me when trouble or making bad decisions. So I appreciate the girls with an idea. Oh, so I approached the girls with an idea to start a club, the Young Ladies Positive Affirmation Club. Every day they had to bring me at least three handwritten positive affirmations. I'd put them in a box and when it was full, we would do something special like dinner and a movie. I mean, that is so cool, man. It is so neat. And I kind of, I do owe cannabis the idea, the fact that I'm not stuck at a 12 hour a day job coming home exhausted. I get to go play with my plants, grow my weed, make a, now I'm playing with recharge, make a living and then go get to spread some of that energy that I have to other people, man. I Absolutely. Love doing it, man. I love that. Thank about you, your brother. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it was, it, it was such a great idea. Like, so I, but it, it wasn't just good for them. It was so good for me too. You know what I mean? It's so, it's so good for your soul and your, your self-respect and how you feel or look at yourself. And you yeah. know, of course, Miss Rose, Miss Rose was a huge part of that. And they look hey, up to her too. And, you know, um, you know, and yeah, it was such a magical thing. And, uh, you know, all the parents appreciate it too. Cause you know, I, I grew up with single parents, and, you know, and it's tough being a single parent, you know? So and even, I would imagine even tougher being a single parent of girls, you know, with all that's yeah. going on in the world today. And, sure. you know, and unfortunately, like, you know, some of them, their, their dad was like a, a tweaker freaking, you know, gone in their life, you know, so they had no those, positive role models. And yeah. I grew up in a little town here in Seattle called white center. And me and my dad lived in the projects. And same thing. It was mostly single moms. You know what I mean? And my dad was the the neighborhood dad too. You know what I mean? With, you That's know, awesome. if, if your bike was broke, like, you know, that mom down the street, I'd say, go see Bob. You know, my dad come out and fix your bike. So it's nice right. uh, for me to, to continue that and carry that on. And hopefully, you know, uh, you know, like through Instagram, it'll inspire somebody else to do it or through one of these girls, maybe it'll inspire, inspire them to do something like that, you know, down the road. And, you know, when, when they think about that and, you know, but like I say, it was uh, as wonderful as it was for them. It was just as wonderful for me. And, you know, and I love it. And, I, you know, and I love those girls like my own, you know, and we, some of them moved out of the neighborhood and a couple got older and cell phones. So we don't, the club kind of slowly, but surely faded away, but you know, they do still live on the street. I see them all the time. And uh, a little while ago, they actually surprised me with a little reunion, which was super cool. You know, so they all, they all came over and visited me and, you know, I mean, we just, you know, like I say, we played football, basketball, I gave them cooking lessons, just, you know, whatever, you know, whatever I thought they were interested in. And, you know, um, a lot of people that know me know I'm, I'm a clown, like I'm a total clown, prankster, trickster, you know, like stuff like that. So we'd have a lot of fun like that too. When we were playing football, I was always the permanent quarterback for both teams, you know, so I'd quarterback both sides. You know, like I'd put the football in like one of their hoodie and then pretend like the ball was hiked to me. Well, really, she's running down the street with the football in her hoodie. Right. <laughs> you know, just silly stuff like that. And, you know, since people always so remember, I can remember doing that, putting yeah. it behind my back. And I mean, yeah. stuff you remember for the rest <laughs> of your life. And that is super cool, man. Yeah. You know, and so, I remember it, doing that with my dad, too. Yeah. And it's funny, too, because their parents kind of started doing the same thing, too. Um, one of them got in trouble, and her mom was like, You go down there and see Jinx. And she had to deal with me. 
You know, she did something <laughs> that was totally inappropriate. You know right. what I mean? I took her cell phone away from her. You know what I mean? And she had to do this and that and earn her cell phone back and, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, it meant a lot to me that the that it meant that much to the parents and that they trusted me enough to, to, you know, you know, to do that. And one of the girls got caught playing the pass out game, you know, where your, your friends hold your chest and then you can't oh, yeah. breathe and you pass out. Like, I mean, I remember, I remember, I remember kids doing that when I was a kid. So uh, it was funny. Cause as they came home, she came around the corner. They said to her mom, you're not going to tell Jinx, are you? <laughs> That's awesome. She's more scared of me than she is her own mom. <laughs> I'm just uh, thinking back to you know the fact that the parents trust you. You remember back, you go back yeah. 20 years ago, you'd be like, oh, that guy has tattoos and I heard he smokes weed. So stay away mm. from him. He's bad. Yeah. You know, like the just the change and the, yeah. um, I think it might be the internet as to where you just are exposed to more people. You see more yeah. people that don't look just like you or look a lot different than you. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, you know, that are great people. Yeah. You know, I don't, the girls, like, I don't share my Instagram with them. That's, that's sure, none sure. of their business or, or inappropriate, in my opinion, you know, they're too young for that, but their parents all know what I do. They know who I am and what I do. And, the, you know, that I'm a seed breeder and my Instagram and all that, but you know, it's, it's, it's just, it doesn't really need to be part of the kids' lives right now. They need to worry about focus on their own things and stuff like that. But so, and yeah, and it's nice too, cause the, the kids have learned to trust me too, you know, like, um, it's pretty funny. One day, um, there's a couple of girls live together. One one brought her sister down and she showed me her arm. And the one girls, even though they're they're I call them single mom, she was actually going through a divorce and they had a stepdad. And the guy was a creep. He used to call them buttholes, which just infuriated me. Like, really, you call them but you know, but I never I never got in between it because I knew if I did, he would stop them from coming down the street to see me. And so one day the older girl brings me her little sister and she's got a bruise around her arm in the shape of a man's hand. I mean, a man's hand all the way around her arm. Like somebody had to squeeze her hard, Jesus you know? Jesus Christ, man. And oh my God. Like you know, I'm old school like that. You know, my yeah. blood started to boil. I was four seconds from walking down the street and beating that fool to a pulp. I didn't care. I'll go to jail. I don't care. You know what I mean? Ah, but then that started, don't do nothing, man. That don't that don't show anybody I don't the care. right way to It'd do, do so, it. Man. It would, in my <laughs> opinion, it would. You know what I mean? I don't care. You know, like because she trusted me to come down and tell me this. You know what I mean? And right. and for me to do something about it. What else am I going to do? You know, like say I already seen the guy being a punk to these kids. So I'm about to grab the doorknob and head down there. Then I think about it, and I took the girl skating the day before. And one of the girls, feet up in the air, I mean, about to land on her back, but she was right next to me. So I reached over and I grabbed her arm and I threw her back on her feet. But, you know, it was hard because I I didn't want to crack her head open. Right, right. (laughs) So I laid my hand on the bruise and it was actually my hand. And it was so funny because, you know, I told them, you know, that I'm I'm glad it was me. And, uh, but, uh, you know, but I also told her like, I'm so... uh, honored that you trusted me enough to come down here and bring your little sister knowing that I would take care of it. Right. And the girls know me and they know who I am. You know, I'm, I'm old school, you know, I don't, I don't want to say tough guy, but whatever, you know, I'm old school dude. And, and I looked at him, I said, cause you know, what was going to happen. Right. And they looked at me like, 
<laughs> they knew like Jinx about to go down there and fuck shit up. Right. <laughs> and I was, you know what I mean? Like, so I don't care. I'll go to jail or something like that. That's just ridiculous. But it was, it was pretty funny. And we talk about it now. We have a good laugh about it. You know, like homeboy has no idea. Like he's right. gone now. They got divorced. <laughs> Right. <laughs> he Jesus came pretty man. close to getting beat down for nothing <laughs> do remind me to think about anything crazy i'm gonna do for at least four seconds all right yep. yeah i got yeah, you so but like i say it was it was it was a super honor that you know like I say that they trusted me to to come yeah. to me and do that stuff and, you know i'm so. reading your instagram right now man we speak ourselves into success or failure and we must be conscious of our talk man Got to talk yeah. positive and catch ourselves on being negative and willing to flip that script into a productive, positive, self-inducing pep talk. No one listens to you like you, man. I'm glad you listened yep. to yourself that day, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. As far as the self-talk, I, I always say, like, never say anything about yourself you don't want to be true. I talked to my kid about that too, man. No one listens so to you stupid, like you, man. You know, I'm like, yeah. no, you're not uh -huh, stupid. Yeah. If you keep on telling yeah. yourself that, man, yeah. you, you might yeah. stop believing it. Yeah, even even with like things like disease and stuff, you know, if like all oh, this cancer's killing me, this cancer's you know, uh -uh, right. you got you got to flip that script and you know, I mean, there's, it's a fact, you know, like this cancer is not killing me. I'm stronger than that. You know, I'll beat this, and you know, it's gonna help you live longer, healthier, or just you know, prevail inside your brain as far as what you're putting out there for others and yourself. So yeah, yeah, definitely. I heard that. Man. I heard that. Yeah. Hey, so. I was looking through, first off, it's underscore jinx proof, J-I-N-X-P-R-O-F. Yeah. If you, you want to get positive and enjoy this, first of all, is there an underscore there? Because did they, did they uh, take one of your accounts or is that? Always no, um, there's jinx proof beer. There's a bar called jinx proof. There's um, a band called jinx proof. So when I went to uh, do it years ago, I, I couldn't grab the name. So there's, you know, there's a tattoo two shop called jinx proof. So I just, Put the underscore in there yeah know, there's so. a lot yeah i was yeah, i was wondering you, i was you, like are you a tattoo artist too man what, what's going on here i'm a retired tattoo artist yes yeah. so i used to be when i first met rose i was i was still tattooing i, I did for several years and just you know um i kind of grew out of it and was looking for something new to do i had a tattoo shop and you walk in my tattoo shop and the back of the tattoo shop was a head shop and the people that owned the head shop ended up abandoning it, you know, and it was, you know, Seattle's the land of glass. So it was mostly like a glass head shop. Yeah. So um, all these glass blowers kept coming in and um, trying to sell the store glass. And I was like, well, the store's already there. These people abandoned. I just took the store over, you know, so I started meeting all these glass blowers and a couple of them invited me over to uh, blow glass, like check it out. And man, it just, it just struck me like, man, I'm, I'm supposed to do that. So I actually quit tattooing and became a glass blower for 16, 17 years at least. You know what I mean? So wow, yeah, where, is so. There, where can we see your stuff? And are you, is it still active? You still doing anything? After my brain surgery, I chilled for a while because they didn't really want me doing anything hardcore. You know, like right. I wasn't supposed to lift over a pound and uh well, I'm not supposed to me, ride a bicycle, man. So I imagine Yeah, that. part of me wondered like um because when I first started glass blowing, like I, I was hardcore, like 10 hours a day, all day, every day. I made bongs and I worked on a lathe, which is a lot different than pipes. You know, a lathe is a big machine. Mm -hmm. You got this hot tube of glass and it's just spinning, literally spinning in your face. You know what I mean? And glass by no means is organic. There's lead, there's cadmium, there's all kinds of stuff in glass. You know, it's, it's not made from sand <laughs> like people think. Right. And then right. plus you can also get what's called propane poisoning from being exposed to so much 
you know, I mean, I use a fat torch. I mean, I have great vents and all that, but you're still like, sure, say with that sure. late spinning and also sometimes I wonder if that, you know, had something to do with my epilepsy, but I knew that it wasn't going to help it. So I definitely, uh, right. I've been off it for at least a year, not blowing glass, but, uh, you know, but I'm, uh, I'm feeling a lot better and I'm been talking to Rose about it. Um, I think I'm going to set back up and just do it once in a while. You know, like yeah, make a ball, make a pendant, because it's it's such a part of me. I can't imagine never blowing glass again. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care. I'll, you know, I'll never get rid of my stuff as far as my lathe and my torch. Right. You know, it's you know, it's just it's just uh, so. There, yeah, there's. I'm not on like any websites or forums or you know. I mostly just made bongs. I didn't make like super heady pipes or anything sure, like sure. that. You know what I mean? So it's, I was all about the lathe work. You know. So. And so I, I was never really an artist. I grew because it was a way for me not to get a regular job. I got a clone from somebody, rode that clone, a G13 clone out for a dozen years. And, nice. uh, you know, I'm more of a guy that set that builds systems. That's why I like deep water culture back in the day, because it was a machine that I could build. That's why I'm working on these uh, sip buckets, because it's something where I don't have to lift it up in the art of watering. I'm trying to take that away to simplify things. Uh, you seem like the opposite kind of guy. You seem like a guy that's been an artist your whole life. I guess in one way or another, before that, I was all about being in bands, you know, not, I don't know if I'd call them art. It was usually like hardcore punk rock bands. You know what I mean? Fuck art, let's it's, kill, man. Okay. Got yeah. It. It's kind of funny. Cause um, I did a video years ago, my first YouTube video, it's still up there. And I really didn't like the banter. I, I, my first video was it just became legal in Seattle and there was this huge legal farm and they let me go in there and film. And I mean, it's, you know, they have like 14 rooms the size of football fields, you know, just, and I, I was, you know, so I was like, I'm going to check this out and it's going to be my first YouTube video. But I didn't like the banter and the, the stuff, like just the conversation was just kind of stupid and boring. So I was, when my buddy uh, edited it, I was like, you know what? just put some music over it and that they were going through a lot of that copyright back then sure you know, whether you sure. could you know so i was like just put my old band on there my band was called the zero squad and so it's a just this video with punk rock music on top of it but it was so funny because the first few comments were this music fucking sucks <laughs> Which, bro, we were a hardcore punk rock band. I wasn't expecting much love. Like, and then it turned into this whole debate, like, it should be the Grateful Dead. It should be Fish. Or, then the, the first guy that commented that, I was like, bro, that's my band. I'm playing guitar and singing. And he writes me back, oh, I'm sorry, bro. I think my speakers are broken. Ah. <laughs> like, oh, they ain't broken. No. <laughs> so, yeah, right. If you, ever, if you want to hear my band, go to YouTube. It's just Jinx Proof. Two words, Jinx Proof. In the very first video, it's I-502, the, the first, uh, I think there's two or three songs. It's my old band. It's, it, like I say, it's hardcore punk rock. It ain't, it's it's nothing, uh, you know, pretty. <laughs> but back to the artist thing, yeah, I've, I've always been in bands and, you know, been tattooed and blue glass. And, right. You know, I mean, cannabis is definitely an art also, you know what breeding, I mean? Yeah. So, I was going to say know, breeding's like, an art, but no, growing cannabis and even me in designing, general. designing my automated system that doesn't require any art. I got a lot of yeah. art going into it, man. I'm yeah. making, you know, I'm playing with the media. It's cast this amount of castings, this amount of coke, whatever it is. This type of wick, all that stuff. Absolutely. I, I yeah. Don't, I don't. I mean, I don't consider myself even, an artist, but I'm hanging out in in the evenings, playing around. Uh, you know, I, I don't. Yeah. It's got to be physical art, right? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, on a certain level, social media can even be art. You know, how, yeah. how you choose to use it and what you choose to do with it and, you know, stuff like that. And it's true, man. It, so. You took your, yeah, so. you know, everybody's expecting you to have cannabis on there. And you took it and made it into just, hey, man, I'm I'm painting some pumpkins for the kids so they'll have a great Halloween, yeah. you know, just, uh, yeah. it is, man. It's a motivation of positivity. I really dig it. Yeah, Sometimes well, art, nothing to art, art a lot of times is inspirational. And, you know, that's the reason I post a lot of that stuff is I'm, I'm hoping to inspire somebody else to maybe reach out to a kid or somebody else to, to go help a lonely vet or, you know, or just, or whatever it might be, you know, yeah. to be part of not just the cannabis community, but the community in general, you know, so, you know, it goes around, comes around, you know, so. We, sure, talk you know. About, we talk about normalizing cannabis and exactly what you said, the cannabis community merges with the community in general to where. Oh, that guy's smoking weed over there. That guy just got high and now he's going over and playing football with his kids. Okay. Not, sure. not that crazy. I mean, yeah. shit. How many dads had the big tall boy of Schlitz in their hand while they're throwing a the football, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but so. yeah, I do. I do appreciate the, I don't know, the normalization of cannabis, man. It's, it's, it's getting to where I don't, I, I've always had like a, not really a shame but just had a hide being a stoner my whole life and being the kind of oh, guy yeah. that wants to smoke weed and go to Thanksgiving at my mom's house, man, you know? Yeah. Get caught doing yeah. that. They kind of think you're fucked up in 1991. Yeah. Well, <laughs> me and you and I, I mean, I'm 53. I don't know how you are, old you are, 50. but we came from a different different generation where it wasn't cool and you did have to hide it and, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, I mean, I used to deny it all the time, you know, whether it was, you know, at my job or, you know, my girlfriend's parents or you know right. I, I wasn't just like hey i'm a stoner bad you know? no, <laughs> by you no means was it like you know by no means same thing with growing you know i didn't i didn't tell anybody i grew like not oh, even my no. friends you couldn't Hell you know no, what i mean I had, a, I had a girlfriend for two years before i told her i grew weed oh i can remember my she just yeah. goes oh my god is what she <laughs> said man. that's what she said when she found my fucking girl uh-huh. yeah, yeah so. i'll never forget it but you know, when I was a kid, it was a nice way to, you know, it was obviously fun, and uh, it was a nice way to supplement your income too, you know, because I didn't go to college or anything like that. I worked at restaurants, right. you know what I mean. So, you know, you don't, you know, grow weed at the same time definitely made it so I wasn't just, you know, scraping by constantly, you know. So back then, weed was worth money, you know. <laughs> no shit. So. Uh, yeah, I went. I went to college, and the only thing I brought back was uh, four clones. And I was like, this is my future right here. <laughs> I, I mean, finished talk, high school. Talk about weed being worth money. My dad caught me growing in his closet. Like I was uh-huh. came up from college or staying in his and you know at, at his place. And I mean he goes, What the fuck is this? And I remember I go, but dad, it's four thousand dollars a pound. That's funny because my mom caught me growing up plant like before i even knew how to grow weed like we bought some weed and it had a seed in it and like i planted it and uh it was in my closet with just a regular yellow incandescent light with no timer i didn't know anything grocery store man i didn't know you had to switch the light to make it bud or i didn't know anything i don't any fertilizer just water and somehow my mom found it and she was like get that out of there kill it so i pulled it out of the pot you know, like do, 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 and she's like kill it because i was you know i was You're gonna about put, to it right put that right in back in yeah she <laughs> made me crunch it up Shit. <laughs> looking back i wish i had a picture of it. it was pretty funny the thing was like like this tall probably had like seven leaves and 
Yeah, I remember my buddy was going to get sent to rehab if he got caught with weed. He got caught with like, oh, a, really? a, a, and yeah, so, so he my, goes, "Dude, you got to hold my weed for me." And I was uh, didn't even smoke back then. At fifteen years old, I, I go, uh, "What the hell is this on the bottom? They look like seeds." He goes, "Yeah, they're seeds. You got to take them out and throw them away." And I was like, "This is the <laughs> dumbest business model I've ever heard, man." They give you seeds with it, and he's like, "It's not that easy to grow it yourself." So of course, I took the four Dixie cups, put them on the windowsill in my bedroom planted them seeds it came out with the little dicot leaves and i'm like oh they're sprouting fucking a week <laughs> later they look like weed plants man i was like oh, i nice. gotta get rid of these things <laughs> yeah oh, my, my mom was a hippie so she smoked weed it wasn't like this super like oh my god weed it was just like you can't grow weed in my house you know right because she would have gotten in trouble, not me. So, you know, I get it. You know what I mean? I mean, like I said, I was so naive. It wouldn't have been much longer until it was stinking up the entire house anyways. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. We'll tell you, I've grown so. weed since before uh, air cleaners, man. Before the uh, carbon oh, yeah. filters. I remember I oh, saw yeah. a carbon filter for the first time. The carbon filter and bubble bags. When I saw both uh, those things for the first time, I was like, Give, empty your wallet. Empty your wallet. We're doing this, man. I said, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny because when I was younger, when I first started growing weed, I, you know, I had a few guys that I knew grew weed. So we did talk to each other and we would trade clones, but we actually would try to find the clones that stunk the least. Sure. You know, instead of this gassy ass, fruity ass weed, you know, because there were no carbon filters. Yep. And then we used to make some, you know, like I took a, a bucket of water and a like half pine saw. Then I put a few fish bubblers in it. And I hung that in front of my uh, vent, you know, because you could smell oh, yeah. the weed outside. Oh, so yeah. now, oh, just, yeah. now it just smelled like weed and cleaner. Luckily, I had some neighbors, you know, like I had the original, I mean, the original um, um, Alaska Thunderfuck. Okay. And, right or no, Northern Lights, my bad. I had the original Northern Lights. And this shit, you'd be like three blocks from home and be like, oh, no, that's me. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. I quit, I quit growing it because it was just, you know, stunk the whole damn neighbor. Like, you know, for the neighbors to be able to smell, it's one thing, but like throwing it in their face was a whole nother, you know what I mean? So we had this strain that we got from this dude. He was a fisherman and it was chronic. It yielded good, but it had barely any smell or flavor, you know? So, so crazy. And where we come you had from, to do it. though, you know, where we've come from back in the day, I oh do God, that. Yeah. I'd be like, oh my God, I'm just, I'm going to drive by that house. Like I don't, uh, and I'll never go back to it again because the whole neighborhood is stinking or whatever, you know, I'd be like, yeah. Oh my God. Man. Yeah. When I was, when I was a kid, people never had names for weed either. Like there was a couple like the, you know, um, Alaska Thunderfuck and Northern lights, right. old stuff like Colombian gold or Panama red, but nobody ever asked like, was it Indica? Was it Sativa? No, we had the only rags thing and they, crip, man. Rags and crypt. Only that's thing they had. ever asked, like, is it chronic? It's bomb. Yep. Like that's yep. you know, there was like I said, none of this weed had names or anything like that. Or they would say it's not Canadian, you know, because we would get uh being so close to the border oh, in BC Seattle, we would buds. get tons of uh imported bud and they would smash the hell out of it and they'd sneak it through in diesel. So it smelled and tasted like rubber tires in a bad way, you know what I mean? So that was the only question you got. It's not that Canadian, is it? You know? Yeah, you are right, man. There was the in the beginning, there was only rags, rags with seeds. Get it at Christmas time, it was green. Get it for the rest of the year, it's brown rags, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> then yeah. you had, uh, you know, chronic, or we used to call it crip back in South Florida. And rags were maybe, I don't know, $25 a quarter, $80 an ounce. And then crip was $100 a quarter. Maybe you'd get a bro, but $100 yeah. a quarter. And, and then those beasters came in and they were like $50 a quarter. And it was, 
Yeah. You know, it was decent for what we were used to compared to regs. They were pretty good. And even compared to the chronic, it was, man, all I want to do is smoke a joint, get high without coughing my brains out or, you know, tasting whatever the hell terrible reg tastes like, you know, having mold on your butt and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The worst part here about getting the uh, Canadian was they vacuum packed the shit out of it. So a pound would be about that big. Yeah. So like, you know, we sold grams and eights, which were, you know, when you do that, it'd be so damn small. It'd be disappointing. You know what I mean? Like there's your gram, bro. You know? This is like a Cooper right here, man. <laughs> That's like a Cooper. Oh yeah. Maybe a pound if they can make it happen. You know no what I mean? Shit. So. I mean, this thing is trash compacted. I remember they would talk about, they'd be like the leading export to Columbia's trash compactors. Mm-hmm. They're like the because, biggest buyers of them. I mean, I did, I personally did, the Canadian thing, you know what I mean? If nothing else, I did it for other uh, dealers, like guys sure. that sold aids and stuff like that. Cause you could definitely make some money on it. But the guy I hooked up with, it always came in hockey bags. So it'd be these big duffel bags with like the imprint oh. on the outside where you could zip in your ice yeah. skates, yeah. you know, it, dude would just leave them, you know, and I'd give them away. Cause first I was like, cool. This is like a $300 NHL bag. And it was kind of cool. But then now you got 10 of them. You know? <laughs> I mean, I used to, you know, same thing with those Marlboro, the red Marlboro gear bags, and they can hold 20 pounds in them. And yeah, I got, I didn't know what the hell to do with them. I don't even smoke and I would have like yeah. 15 Marlboro gear bags around my house. Yeah. <laughs> I'd give them away if I could. And sometimes just had to throw them away because otherwise like, what, I, you know, can't have my house full of weed smelling hockey bags. You know, know, I don't play hockey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a giveaway, man. as a breeder man i always kind of ask this question sometimes on the show sometimes in my head what do you think would happen if you grabbed one of these seeds these reg seeds or a seed from some mexican or colombian christmas bud where it was fresh and i tell you as much as i love chronic i used to get high as fuck off the decent reg and i would have a great time and uh that was weed to me you know, it's better saying, Are you saying reg or rag? Oh, oh I'm sorry, reg. I, I call it rag okay. regular. We used to call it ragweed when we were kids. That, that was like an inside fucking ragweed, you know. We would but, call Caribbean regs, but uh I, I would saying. imagine those would grow. You know, I mean they're they're gonna grow what they are. You know, what do you so think they I would are? Imagine I mean, you think they're growing shit weed in Mexico and Colombia? I'm sure they're working on their strain. They're probably not picking the Sensi out, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, I would think by now, no. But when I was a kid, like Mexican or Colombian, or like they said they had this shit Panama red, because it was like 98% red hairs. And it was definitely dookie weed. You know what I mean? It was just like, but you could get a huge bag for cheap. And like when we were kids, like whatever, wanted to smoke a ton. I mean... I remember me and my brother got some and there was so many seeds and it was so compacted. After a while, we just gave up. We just rolled fat joints of like these little bricks. Like you'd be smoking the joint. It'd be like, pop, pop, biggity, pop, pop. Ah, <laughs> yeah, we were literally like 13 or 14 or right. something. whatever. Yeah, it'd be so harsh, but we were so young and such a low tolerance. Like we'd get baked off that shit. You know, I'd just be like, yeah, me crying. too. I lived uh, several years off one of these dugouts, just going to my car and smoking a one and being baked Uh as fuck, man, you know? So it is funny how far it's come, though. But the whole being high and feeling good, it's the same, man. That's why it felt so fucked up in 1991 when I was like, this is good. This is good for me. This makes me happy and smile. And I enjoy it. riding my bike more or whatever the hell i enjoy things more it helps me talk to people and laugh and it felt so shitty to have it be illegal if i ever got you dude i still have a fear of the cops 
Because anytime uh, yeah. you get pulled over, you're either high or have weed on you. And sometimes yeah. a lot, sometimes a little, you know? Yeah. 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 It's definitely not a big deal here anymore, you know? So I was going to so. say, now if, uh, and now like, I had the neighbors complain about how bad my weed smelled. I had one outdoor uh, grow this year or one greenhouse plant, just a giant uh, super uh, sour lime cookies, rather a giant one in the greenhouse. And my neighbors complained. Guess what happened? The inspector came over, stood on the corner of my property because he couldn't come on the property and said, hey, man, your neighbors are complaining for the third year in a row. Can you cut that plant down? (laughs) So think about it. I would have had a swat. I would have been swatted. 20 years oh yeah ago. oh you yeah I mean? yeah yeah so it's just huge yeah man. it would have been a totally different deal yeah no i got a i was heading to spokane for a cannabis event and rose and i this was some years ago and rose and i rented a car because uh, at the time i just had a truck and i want to drive my four by truck all the way to spokane it's a long drive and, and uh because it was like a new rental car i didn't even realize it was brand new i was speeding you know what I mean? And the yeah. cop pulled me over and I was, I was doing like 70. It was supposed to be 60. And he was one of those cops. He's just like so mad, you know, and he was just so pissed and he's like, blah, blah, blah. And I want to search your car. I need you to give me permission. I was like, I can give you permission to search my car. Right. And he's right. like, blah, blah, blah. And then so I looked up and said, what if I don't give you permission? He's like, I'm not telling you, which basically meant I'm going to tow your car. You know what I mean? Yeah. So finally I was like, you know what? My, my biggest fear was we were going to an event. And I had a gun case full of seeds. I was like, if he takes, you know, my seeds, I was a breeder by then. I was like, yeah. if he takes those seeds, that, that's a year and a half of work, a year and a half of pay. And like, I'll be devastated. You know what I mean? Right. Like, so he goes through the car and he, he looks in Rose's purse and he finds some weed. And he's like, yeah, like he's showing his butt. He's like, oh, some weed. And then uh, you're going to jail. He found my seeds. He opened them up. Cause it was in a gun case that I had left over. Cause glass blowers always carry their glass in those little padded gun case. Right, right. He just looked at it, kind of checked out, put it back, close the case and close the trunk. I was like, well, okay, sweet. You know, Karma. but uh, then he found some more weed in like my personal bag. You know what I mean? Sure. But the lame thing was he gave me a, a open container ticket, which is as close as you can get to a DUI because it's supposed to be sealed and out of your reach. So right. because it was in Rose's person, it was just in a little like pill bottle or something. It obviously been opened and it was within my reach. So I got an open container ticket, which was pretty lame. But when he was done with us, he gave us our weed back. He's like, here you go. Like, gave, which I thought for sure he's going to keep it. You know what I mean? Did I he like, soften yeah. up or is still a dick the whole time? No, no. Uh, he called backup and the backup cop was actually pretty cool. He's like, what are you guys doing? We're actually going to a, a cannabis fundraiser for kids and stuff. And so he was like, oh, that's pretty cool. But I mean, this dude, he looked at one time, he's like, why are you so nervous? And I, I didn't say anything, but I was thinking like, because I'm pretty sure you're about to chuck me on the ground and kick me in the ribs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so mad. I was like, Sergeant Slaughter out there. He's like, you know, one of those guys hates weed. You know what I mean? <laughs> but then he found I had some cannabis pills for, because uh, I'd just become epileptic. And so I was taking um, uh, uh, CBD and indica pills. And he's like, what are these? And I said, they're cannabis pills. And he's like, I don't believe it. I'm taking these to the lab. And if they're anything but cannabis, you're getting a narcotics charge. I was like, okay. He's like, that doesn't help epilepsy. And I was like, actually it does, but I wasn't trying to fight with him. He's sure. he so mad, you know what I mean? So, and I wanted to um, fight the ticket because you have 15 days. And I called on day 16. So it was too late. I was like, there's nothing. I-. She's like, there's, you had 15 days. Because I was going to challenge it and be like, Right. When you go to a co-op, there, there's no like brochure or anything on the wall that tells you 
how to or not to travel with your weed. There's nothing right. on the little bottle because this was from a, a it was still a, a medical, not recreational. But there was no kind of anything. I mean, I know they say ignorance to the law is no excuse, but there's got to be a way to find out about the law. And there wasn't, you know, so I kind of felt like maybe I had something that I could get out of this, you know, or maybe get the drop to a just a speeding ticket sure. or, you know, or whatever, instead of, you know, open container is pretty bad for your insurance. Like I said, it's, it's as close as you can get to a DUI, you know what I mean? But I called a day too late. So I never, I never got the, the privilege of challenging it. So I just, but whatever. I'll give you an example of how the times have changed. I remember I had a class, a history class in 1986 and it was kind of when I realized that teachers were just people too. And my teacher, pretty young guy, you know, seemed pretty cool. And he comes into class and he goes, dude, did you know it's now illegal to drive down the street while drinking a beer? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, yeah, I was driving down the street yesterday. I got pulled over for drinking a beer. And I said to the cop, I'm not drunk. And he goes, yeah, well, it just became a law. You're not allowed to have an open container drinking a beer. I mean, the, yeah. the drinking age was six, or I'm sorry, 18 back then. It was just an alcohol culture. But if you uh -huh. would have got caught, if he would have searched you and got one, found one joint, talking to a guy that went to jail for half an eighth. I split an yeah. eighth with my buddy. We were at a party, basically, so I could fill my one -y. Got in trouble in the car, smoking weed, and jail, and full-on jail. Uh -huh. 18 yeah. years and three months old. Guess what I didn't decide to do after that? Go try to get any kind of a real job. I was like, I'm yeah. fucked, man. I better start growing weed or dealing weed or something. Yeah, you get got in trouble for it. I was um, meeting this dude. Like, so that's how we did in the day. I'll meet you here and like to have a little <laughs> backpack on. And you know, I think I was selling him like a quarter pound or something. And I'm sitting in the van and like a block a half in front of us. I see this cop like, and he stopped and looked yeah. at us. I was like, oh, okay, maybe he's seen us like park and me jump in his van or something like that. And I was like, Oh dude, that dude is on us. He, he, there's no way he would just stop and stare at us like that. Right. I was like, okay, here's the deal. I ditched my, you know, this didn't get out of the car with my weed. He can't get in the car. I was like, here's the deal. We work together. Here's what we're doing. Here's where we're going, you know, and we're, we're here at Seven Eleven getting lunch, blah, 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 blah. Cause the first thing they do is they separate you. Sure. You know, sure. and luckily dude was listening to me cause we had our story straight. You know what I mean? And the cop couldn't really do anything. Unfortunately, I left the money on the seat of the car. And he's like, what's that money? And I was like, oh, he just paid me. But it was, you know, it was bad news having the money because right. I might have given him, but he didn't <laughs> yeah. have enough to search the car. And he was like, I know y'all are up to something. He's like, I know it. And you know that I know it, but I don't got enough on you. So get out of here and don't let me see you around here again. You know, <laughs> it was so close. Like we would have been in trouble, like jail time. You know and, what I mean? So, and like uh, I said, sign of the times guru and I went to go meet a photographer and we may or may not have smoked a shitload of weed in the car waiting for him outside of the Starbucks or whatever. And we're, oh, that's the guy. And we go over there and we're hanging out and he was fucking with us. He and we just stunk, you know? And, and he's like, so can you guys guess what my other job is? Cause I was like, damn, you got the life. It's two in the afternoon. You're a photographer. You're sitting here drinking a coffee, no stress in the world. He's like, well, I'm off for my other job. I'm off for another 48 hours. And I was like, I don't know, are you a doctor or something? Oh, maybe you're a lawyer. And he's like, no, I'm a cop, you idiot. <laughs> That's good shit. Like but they he didn't says, care. Sign of the times, you know, uh, Seattle Hemp Fest, which is a huge, it's the biggest hemp uh, show in the world, 350,000 people. But they have a thing where um, retired police and narcotic officers, they all get together and they're pro-hemp, pro-cannabis. 
you know what I mean? And, you know, so hashtag cool bizarro world. Man. Yeah, yeah. To see them, they march through. And then one year at a hemp fest, hold on a second, let me grab it. When you go to Seattle Hemp Fest, you go through an hey, entrance. Show that shirt really quick, man. Just show that shirt. Oh. That is badass, Ms. Rose. Ms. Rose. Fuck yeah, man. Respect to Miss Rose. Oh yeah, she's she's the one that makes it all happen. I'm just, you know, I'm I'm just the stupid face. But anyways, when you go to Hempfest, it's a giant park, but you have to go in an entrance like a, a concert. It's it's not just a free-for-all. They check your bags, make sure yeah. you got no weapons, and you know, I appreciate all that. But the cops were there when you're and weed had just become legal. Before Hempfest, weed was not legal. It was just a hemp show, you know what I mean? So the cops were actually standing at the front of the gate passing these out. Doritos. If I can read it without my glasses, it says, uh, we thought you might be hungry. We also thought uh, now might be a good time for a refresher on the do's and don'ts. It says, don't use, don't drive while high, don't give or sell or shotgun weed to to people under 21. Do not use pot in public. And this is like basically the do's and don'ts. Right. And then they don't take advice off a Doritos bag. Yeah. But the do's, those are the don'ts. The do's, it says like, do listen to Dark Side of the Moon. Like, like, it's actually actually pretty cool. Like, I've never opened mine. I was like, I'm keeping these. These are little collector items as far as I'm concerned. You know what I mean? Most people are ripping them open and eating them. I was like, oh, no, I'm saving that. That's that's history right there. But it's actually, you know, and it's got the actual signature from the SPD right right there. And it was the cops giving them out. And it was was cool. It was disarming. You know what I mean? Yeah. But in all fairness, that tells me that I got to uh, educate the cops on what it really is to be a stoner. Because stoners yeah. aren't just looking at shiny things, listening to the dark side of the moon. They're inventing yeah. things. They're uh, you know being good parents. And my thing was, it's a public park and it's an all ages show. Like Hemp Fest, you can be one and go to it. You know what I mean? So it's you know it's not you're not supposed to smoke weed there. It's not a cannabis cup. You know what I mean? Right. It's just people protesting Festival that cannabis should be legal. Sure. Lots of glass, lots of glass blowers. That that was my main jam at first. Was I was a glass blower, so I was there selling my glass. But, you know, like I say, it disarms people. And, you know, uh, I was always like, if you get a ticket at Hempfest, chances are you deserved it. You know, like you're sitting on a picnic table with a four foot bong surrounded by 15 year olds. Right. Like, you, know, you can't even legally you can't smoke weed in public. You know what I mean? So chances are if you got a ticket there, you, you kind of went out of your way to get it. You know what it's I mean? True. So it's so, true. Yeah. I always thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> I love it, man. Hey, I feel bad. I haven't asked you anything about your weed yet, sir. Oh, that's all good. Can I just ask? Uh, I was looking through your Instagram. There's some dang shit you're working with. What the what the hell is oh. Wipeout? Give, just let's let's talk a little weed, man. Wipeout. Oh, you know, Wipeout. It looks like it's like the like the hit girl versus comfortably dumb. Is that right? Yep. Yes. Yeah, since my. See, uh, I know brain that. surgery and since my seizures my memory is so bad actually uh miss rose started keeping a breeder's log for me because a lot of times i can't remember that's why i was like oh even though it's a brand new strain i was trying to pull it up but he found it. so a lot of times oh, yeah. i don't know but yeah that is what it is um yeah it's fire it's it's a new strain so we also just did a a batch where i took a uh about five of my different females and bred them to hell on wheels but they're uh, they're still in test phase because we test everything before we release it, make sure it's chronic, make sure it's stable, sure. you know, stuff sure. like that. So it is in the works, so it is it is coming out. 
So. What are you known for, man? What are, if Jinx proof genetics? If I were to ask, you know, somebody oh, that, that that knows right that, off, uh, right that? off the top, nine pound hammer. That's for sure. You know, sure. that's that's the strain that kind of pushed me into the limelight and uh, made people start taking me serious as a breeder and stuff like that. So definitely, uh, you know, the when I first came out with nine pound hammer, I was still working with Sub, and I was actually one of his distributors. So everywhere I went, I, I sold to all the, um, the it was medical then, to all the medical stores. So I would go in there and I'd sell and I would drop off nine pound hammer. And if you bought a pack of seeds, you got a nine pound hammer free. So it was just my way of kind of promoting it and, you know, making a little money because I, sure. I did sell his seeds. And then all of a sudden this whole Instagram and social media was blowing up and nine pound hammer just went crazy. You know what I mean? Then all of a sudden, you know, people were like, what's this nine pound hammer? Who's this jinx proof dude? And, you know, right, right. we're just, you know, I, I didn't even have an Instagram account, <laughs> you know, so I, I bred it for the public, you know what I mean? And started selling it and doing my thing and just kind of snowballed into jinx proof genetics, you know, and, so. and nine pound hammer still for sale. It's still a popular. Oh, absolutely. Strength. Yeah. I'll never not do that. I can't imagine retiring. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's the backbone of jinx proof genetics, you know, and of course, I've I've crossed it and stuff like that too. So, and what it's mm-hmm. give me a give me a catalog description. First off, how do they find your your genetics, man? Give yourself a proper shout out. Uh, the best thing is jinxproofsdankbank.com. Dot net. I'm sorry, Miss Rose over the dot net dummy. Yeah, <laughs> take care of business. Yeah. Okay, so or jinxproofsdankbank.net. If you go to my Instagram, there is a link in my bio. So sure. that's probably the easiest way. So you don't have to remember anything, you know, which is underscore jinx proof, but right. that's definitely the best way or catch me at a show. You know, Will so. you click on that nine pound hammer? First of all, respect to you for $50 for a pack of seeds. That is Thanks. awesome, man. I mean, yeah. that is saying, you know, God, we paid hundreds for seeds. I know people that paid 10 grand for a cut. Before, uh, yeah. Man. I've seen a lot of companies have $500 packs, which just blows my mind. Like, I mean, that thing better grow itself, dry itself, cut, trim itself, like $500. Right. Like, what the hell? Yeah, we've only raised our prices once in uh, 10 years, you know, which we deserved. <laughs> yeah, bad yeah, so, yeah. yeah, shit just, yeah. shit has gotten, or things have gotten a lot more expensive in the last year, man. Everything yeah. well, I think for me has gotten some of the expensive. younger crowd and, you know, like, just like having a Rolex or something like that. Like I mean, a Rolex don't sure. tell time any better than a Timex, but you got a Rolex, brah. You know, yeah. so when you got a $500 pack of seeds, it kind of gives you bragging rights and, you know, you, you think it's all bad. <laughs> yeah, so you Look think at it's that all- packaging, man. Look at that packaging. Beautiful. Whoa. Dude, there's a wax seal on this one. And no, no disco oh. aficionado. I'm sure they're awesome. There's a leather pouch oh, no. in there too. <laughs> there's a leather pouch. What the... Oh, there's yeah. more stuff in here, man. I didn't even that remember. was, they were the first uh, $500 yeah. pack of seeds I ever saw. There's a so, bunch of I mean, seeds in here. I will say that this whole thing is filled with seeds for later. So I got to be nice yeah. to them now. No, um, I've actually crossed one of my strains to one of their strains. Nice. So, you know, I, yeah. I, you know, if I'm, mean, I guess if you can get it, get it. I don't know, you know, but that's oh, not man. really my jam. You know, my, my uh, following and crowds. Sure. Definitely a little, a little more humble and the average, just, you know, average guy, you know, yeah, so well, these probably are, you know, it is important to some people. My buddy's in LA and he could, I remember he grew blueberry muffins and I was like, Oh my God, this tastes just like blueberry muffins. This is so cool. He's like, eh. I'm like, why it doesn't you? He's like, yeah, it's fine. I'm like, well, what's with the, eh? and he's like, nobody wants it in LA. 
It, you have to have the brand names in LA, man. The next new trendiest cookies or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. you know I I kind of try to avoid some of that. You know what I mean? These strains that come right out, and then all the breeders run out and buy that and start breeding right. to it. Right. You know what I mean? So the most people, the I call them kids. The younger folks on social media call them hype strains. You know what I mean? And the only right. Hype strain, if you will, which I don't, I, that's not something I use, would be uh, I did uh, nine pound hammer times purple punch. That okay. was pretty recent. So the, the hype was kind of already over, but you know what I mean? I, I had, I got it from the guys that are breeding and uh, cloning it themselves. So I knew for a fact that it was genuine and real and stuff like that. So I, I did, uh, I did do one I call it nine pound punch. But usually, aside from that, I tend to avoid the hype strains. And I'm just right, so my, my biggest my biggest focus now is trying to breed more uh, my stuff to my stuff. You know what I mean? So all right, so rank this for me, man. I got smell and taste. We will call it flavor as one, uh, yield as as another one, and shoot, what would be the third? Oh, and how high it gets you. So give give those in ranking for me, man. On hammer. Uh, just in general, when you breed, oh. do you breed for a high? Do you breed for smell and flavor? I hope you know, probably not breeding for yield at this point. People used to. Well, one of, one of the biggest factors that you left out is stability. Ooh. Breed for stability. You know, I mean, like. I left so out many, integrity, too. I, I've, I've, you know, I don't put anybody on blast or anything like that, but I've seen seed companies who are like, you know, we got this huge thing coming down. It's this times all these strains. It's coming down tomorrow, brand new strains. And then they're for sale three weeks later. It's like, ain't no way in hell you test screw that. You know what I mean? Right. And especially for the, the more humble, medium to low income farmer, like one little banana is going to destroy your whole crop. Like one little banana can seed your entire crop. So that's a huge thing for us is, is stability. You know what I mean? Is make sure there's no manners. We, I've I've thrown bags of seeds that big away just because we got some manners. You know what I sure. mean? Like we did one strain about a year and a half ago, and three different people reported that they got bananas on their plants, and it's not worth. It. I could have sold those seeds for plenty of money. You know what I mean? Blah blah blah. But it just wasn't worth it. You know, it's it's not worth doing to my brand, sure. and it's a crappy thing to do to somebody else. You know, knowing damn well that that strain is not stable. That's a pretty shitty thing to do. You right. Know I mean? It's like so. That's probably our biggest thing is the stability. I mean, strain uh, yield isn't a huge factor. I try though. I do try to keep it medium to high yield. I don't think we have any that I can think of any low yielders. You know right. what I mean? Like not off the top of my head, I can't think of any. So pretty much medium to high. Because I mean, as a as a grower, I want a decent yield too. I don't want to spend all this time on a plant and get an ounce off it. So, you know, I mean, I've seen strains that are terrible yielders, but they're so damn chronic, you know what I mean? It's like, well, you know, maybe just put one of those in there, you know, something like that. But, I, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, spend half the money I make buying weed, you know what I mean? So, I mean, that's kind of how I feel. Smell and taste are definitely a, a huge factor for us. You know, I mean, I want to, you know, just like a good beer or, a, you know, a great meal, like you want to, you know, you want to enjoy it, especially on yeah. the blowout, you know, when you blow it out and you just taste berries or, or whatever, you know, whatever your jam might be, whether it's gas or, you know, this or that. So flavor is pretty important to us. So we definitely consider that when we, uh, when we breathe. So. 
Love it, man. I love it. So what, so what else, man? What should I be looking for from Jinx, man? You Some new releases or just uh, you got those uh, nine-pound hammer, cro- nine hammer crosses? I do see a lot of those, huh? Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, like I said, that's, uh, you know, when I do a breeding, I only use one male, but I might put four or five different females in there. So, you know, like, so like, whether, like, uh, we did ice cream dream, but it had, you know, four or five females in there. So it's, it's like an ice cream dream breeding, basically. You know what I mean? So same thing with the hammer. Um, yeah, we, I do a lot of limited editions where I might say, if I'm doing a breeding like that, I might just put one plant of one strain in there right? and breed that once it's past, past test grow, I sell it, but it's limited edition. I mean, like it's not coming back out. You know, what I mean, so it's it's like, you know, it's to me, like seeds are kind of like baseball cards or records. You know, you want that that rare kind of limited, sure. you, know, you know, and it, it's fun to have that. It's fun to have something that's like that can't be a hype strain because there's not enough of it available, <laughs> you right. know. So, right. and uh, you know, the hardcore, uh, the hardcore seed people seem to really get into that and really enjoy that. Cause like I said, it's nice to have that that's something unique and special. And, you know, so that's that's a big one for me is the I, I enjoy that a lot. So. I'm sorry. I'm looking for my big bag of seeds and I've got a bag of seeds. I got some from six, seven, eight years ago. Uh, any oh, yeah. advice on how to keep your seeds or do you keep seeds for long periods of time? Cool, dark and dry. No refrigerator, so, nothing like that. Just I'm not saying don't do that, but it's not something I do. I, I worry the refrigerator more than the freezer. I worry about the moisture, the freezer. It's frozen. So you yeah, know no, I mean? no, but, then it looks but, uh, Yeah. But I don't do either one. I don't recommend either one. I don't not recommend that, but I just have never done it. So I couldn't honestly speak on it. You know, I definitely get a lot of people say that's how they keep them as a refrigerators or even freezers and they never have a problem. But for me, it's just cool, dark and dry. You know what I mean? If maybe a dark dresser drawer that's not by your heater vent or you know, in your, your sure. cooler room, something like that. So, you know, I mean, I'm not just a seed breeder like uh, when I go to a show, I can't help myself. You know, and I always buy seeds from other breeders and oh, stuff yeah. like that. So I recently uh, did an auction. I had this drawer of seeds that I've been buying. <laughs> like, and I also get a lot of uh, younger breeders who send me free seeds too. Like, sure. bro, you, can I send you these? And usually when someone wants to send me seeds, I say you can send them, but they will end up in an autism auction. You know what I mean? Like I'll, I'll throw a bunch of my seeds, maybe a piece of glass and their seeds too. You know, they like that because they get a little promotion, so to speak, like, you know, on a, on a, you know, from a breeder they respect or whatever. But yeah, I had just this mountain of seeds and I decided that, you know what, I'm never going to grow these. I can't, I'd have to own a, you know, a stadium, you know what I mean? So actually I ended up uh, auctioning them and it went pretty good. And it was just this pile on the table from, from stuff you've absolutely heard of to stuff, that you will never hear of right you know what i mean from small guys at shows that are trying to get their foot in the door and stuff like that and you know so yeah it was pretty funny once i started going through it, i was like oh my god it was probably a you know 10 years of going to shows and buying seeds and stuff like that so it was pretty That's funny awesome. so, like awesome. i say better might as well put them out there if somebody's actually going to grow them than just sit in this drawer for the rest of my life so you know i mean like i said i don't people assume because of my uh status or social media following and stuff like you know, like i own a warehouse or some crazy thing where i'm breeding seeds i totally do not you know what i mean i have a a room and a tent <laughs> and, you know which is how i prefer to keep it and i'm you know which is how i prefer to spend my money too you know i'd sure. rather have a, a 
I'd rather have a microbrew than a Budweiser. You know what I mean? So right for the the quality and because it's it's craft and a smaller company. You know, not just some industrial. You know, so I mean, some of these seed companies are major. Like people don't realize it, but they're major. You know what I mean? Corporations and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I was hanging out with somebody. I can't remember which one it was, but I was like, Jesus, that's the size of your office. And he had, you know, 12 people working in, you know, he didn't have a big office, but just his administrative building. I was like, man, I'm at my, I'm at my dinner table right now. And (laughs) also my office. Rose puts up this curtain so you can't see the rest of our house. Not that it's messy, but she just likes that. So yeah, I'm I'm at my office right now. (laughs) I would have never known, man. You look pro (laughs) AF brother. I love it. Yeah. We're pretty, we're pretty small and we don't, we don't really usually have employees or anything like that. You know, so I've, I've tried to uh, bring a few people into my game, but it always uh, goes sour. You know what I mean? Like they always want to do their own thing or, you know, stuff like that. I put somebody to to work. I was like, you know what? I'm going to have you breed some seeds for me. I'll give you the clones. I'll tell you, you know, you're a good farmer and you grow them. So he started growing. By the time he got the seeds, he already had an Instagram page and a website that he's a new seed company. <laughs> or my what seeds, my clothes. <laughs> okay. You, you know, get so mad just, about it or uh, you know, about it. You know, I wasn't happy about it, but I'm not gonna go on a you know a tirade about it either. You know, I wasn't like I said, I wasn't stoked about it, but you know, well, it takes and, a lot you know, of energy to stay pissed off, man. It takes yeah, energy yeah. to well, do it. You're taking energy he, from something else. He kind of was the cut your nose off to spite your face you know what i mean because he hasn't done anything with them nobody knows who he is and i told him you know if you do a good job for and with me as we cruise along i'll be promoting you and then you'll be known you know as like my right hand man and this kid that works with me and then you know we'll get people to know who you are and then someday you'll leave as your own seed company with my blessings and even my promotion, like, check him out. That was my boy. You know, we worked hard together for five years. Right. I think I told him two or three years, something like that. And, you know, and it would have it probably been a great deal for him, I'm assuming. But, you know, people get crazy. And, you know, so I guess, you know, you gotta do what you got to do. <laughs> Don't hold, but, I had guys but, that worked for me for three months and then left and started their own microbe company. Yeah, it's like, what yeah. am I gonna do? Yeah. Right? Or you know what? I still like yeah. those guys. Well, it was, disa- it was, disa- it was disappointing because you know? he was he was uh, a friend of mine, and uh, I kind of you know he was almost like a little brother to me and stuff. And you know, once uh, social media found out, you know, and, you know, they were giving him a hard time with me not even putting him on blast. You know, right, I mean, people were right. just you know blah blah blah. And you know, I don't. And it was a big deal. He did rip me off. You know, so I don't. I can't be friends with people rip me off. But it was really disappointing, and it's. It's just not worth the uh, losing friends or, you know, whatever. So we, we're just sure. going to stick, stick to our thing and keep it small. And like, so I like it like that anyways, like the whole, you know, the whole craft, like say a craft beer, yeah, craft yes. art, or, you know, how you want to look at it. So I'm doing a bad job at interviewing because I'm just thinking about my situation and my company and how, man, I have made friends. I have hired guru. I consider him a good friend. Mm-hmm. We, you know, I, I hired him and we worked together and by building this company together and achieving things together, I think we, we became real friends. Yeah. Well, there's, there's been a huge part of that too. I have people that I didn't know before the cannabis community that are, that are my brothers, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, like, yeah. you know, you know, I'd, I'd fight for him right now. What's up? You know what I mean? So it's definitely been a huge part of that too. And, you know, yeah. um, you know, and you deserve it too. You've been working hard and your product is something I use and recommend all the time. Thank uh, you, you know, my friend. So, Thank you. Yeah. Um, my, my, uh, 
recharge. <laughs> I say my whole memory thing. I was, I was trying to remember the name of it, but yeah, it's, it's actually a product I really like and I have recommended several times. You know, well, you know, so. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you some for your auction for the. Uh, oh, I appreciate that for the kids, man. I'm gonna throw you yeah. something, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd love to be a part of that. That's awesome. Yeah, man. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But a few, you know, uh, Fish and Herb Natural have been big sponsors of our, our uh, charity also. And they're always donating stuff to the, um, to the charity. And the, the thing I love about that too, is they're also products I use, or at least would recommend like they're great products. You know I mean? There's certain, uh, fertilizer companies. If they called me up and wanted to send me a case of stuff, I'd almost want to say no. <laughs> right. <laughs> That dirty old deadly ass stuff, you know. We talk about voting Uh, with our dollars, man. Are we voting for Scott's Miracle Grow to take over the industry, or are we voting for guys like Jinx to be able to make a living for the rest of his life, you know? Yeah, yeah, to survive. You know, I don't care about being rich. I don't, you know, I don't own a Mercedes or anything like that, you know. So we keep it pretty humble and that's that's fine with us. You know, we we rent this house, we don't own it. (laughs) You know, we want to someday, but you know, it's not like a you know, it's not like we're making billions of dollars doing all this or anything like that. So you got a big fat <laughs> smile on your face today, brother. And that's what counts, man. You're alive yeah, and doing exactly. well. Yeah. And I'm yeah. so happy to hear you're doing well. It is so nice to be able to hang out with Thanks. you and, uh, and have appreciate you that. still be jinx, man. Appreciate you, brother. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate you too. Hey, give Miss Rose a shout out and give yourself a shout out. Let everybody know where they can, uh, where they can find you, man. All right. Miss Rose, shout out. <laughs> she's one of those ladies like she ain't coming on camera unless like her hair's all perfect if i turn this this camera around right now and showed her chilling in her recliner i'll be a dead man Ah, well big respect there's a great woman behind the great man appreciate you both i always uh you know I mean, absolutely shout out to Miss Rose because people don't realize like, you know, I'm the social media guy. I get to have fun in the garden and all that. But she does all the work. Like if I was in, in, in charge of like taking your order and getting your order out to you, like people would hate Jinx Proof. You know, they'd be like, it's been nine months. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think I'm I, nice I ref- to Guru, man? Yeah, I <laughs> refer do you think to I let as, him answer the phone? I refer to it as like, I'm the body of the car, but she's the Hemi under the hood. You know? <laughs> I love it. I love it. it so she's Hell a hardworking yeah. lady. So, under, so underscore jinx proof, right? On Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You got to get that underscore in there first. Underscore jinx proof for you. You might. End and up. what's the what's the dank bank again? Jinx dank bank. Uh, jinx proofs with an S. Jinx proofs dank bank dot net. Don't like misspell that also, one, yo. Also a link in my uh, bio on my Instagram. So. I love it. Good, man. Good hanging with you. Please don't be a stranger. If you ever have any extra packs laying around, I would love to get the DGC into some Jinx proof. Absolutely. Is that too aggressive? I was trying to be passive aggressive, Guru. No, no, it's all good. <laughs> no, we, can, we, we can work something out for sure. And then hit me up on that uh, on that auction, man. I'd love to, to donate some recharge. I want to be a part of that. Real Growers wants to be a part of that. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd appreciate that. Excellent, man. All right. Well, until the next time, brother, make it easy. And wait, I want your uh, I want your tagline, man. Come on. Be positive. Is that what you meant? That's what I want, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, be yeah, good, brother. Be All right. Some people love to blaze up the deck. Yeah, we get happy for noon. And when the boss man says to take a little break, let me 